Welcome to Sermon Underwear, a podcast where we look at the conversations, situations, and stories that lead up to the sermons that are preached here at First Lutheran. This is Pastor Brian. And this is Pastor Perry. And today we continue in Mark's Gospel, still in chapter 10, verse 32. They were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. They were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. He took the twelve aside again and began to tell them what was going to happen to him, saying, See, We are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him, and after three days he will rise again. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, What is it that you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and with the baptism which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant." And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. They came to Jericho. As he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. All right. Well, as I'm thinking about this, you know, we maybe better just cut out all the songs and we'll just have a 50-minute sermon. (laughs) Yeah, there's a little bit to cover here. Because there's a lot of of stuff in here. Uh, Jesus has his third prediction of going and dying. And then immediately after that, we get uh, the disciples wanting seats of glory. And then we have uh, the blind man. And it's an interesting composition here. Apparently, it's too much for the disciples to hold in their mind either. Yeah. Because they just kind of skim over the fact he says he was just going to die. Yeah. And and don't don't really don't really get it. Again, it's just uh, puzzling. 
shall we say. What I found interesting as we were just, as you were finishing up, Jesus says to the blind man, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man wants to be able to see. You go back up about 10 verses, and Jesus says to his disciples, uh, James and John, what do you want me to do for you? So it's exactly the same phrase. And Jesus says, I can't grant what you want. But he could grant blind Bartimaeus the, the ability to see. And he speaks to him about his faith. You go, your faith has made you well. The disciples seem to be pretty intent on, on glory, <clears throat> where the blind man recognizes who Jesus is. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He's asking for compassion, mercy, forgiveness. The disciples are looking at Jesus more like uh, an almighty gift giver, someone that can fulfill their their fantasies or their, their desires or their wishes, almost like a Santa Claus, whereas blind Bartimaeus really sees Jesus as who he is. Yeah, there's something about the... Uh, Paul talks about this in his letter to the Romans, that the ear is the instrument of faith here. So you've got, uh, you know, when you brought up the what do you want me to do, the way that the two, to put these two interactions alongside each other, you've got the disciples who have been traveling along with him, who have watched all these miracles and um, his contending with uh, the, the authorities on things and have seen all of this and think to themselves, yeah, I want me some of that. And then you've got this blind fellow, Bartimaeus, at the end of the story, who can't see Jesus, who can only hear him, uh, only hears about him coming by, and then uh, is calling out to him, you know, I, I want to see. So interesting. And, and Jesus' response is, your faith has made you well. Um, so not necessarily anything that he's seen up to that point. I also thought that the first line was interesting, again, or... Um made me stop and go, hmm. They were on the road going to up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. They were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. So they were amazed and afraid. And I'm like, why, why are they afraid? So I went back and I looked, and in the first prediction, Jesus talks about, of his death, he talks about the elders, the scribes, and the chief priests as being the ones who put him to death, uh, Jerusalem would be where they are at. So to me, it makes sense that the disciples are kind of getting it. They're kind of getting that something's going to happen. They're afraid. They're amazed that they're actually going to Jerusalem, um, maybe because uh, are you really going to go there and die? Mm -hmm. Uh, It would seem to be more so uh, after... The next line, when Jesus says, see, we are going up to Jerusalem, and I'm going there to die, then you'd think that that fear would become even even more. Yeah, there's with Jerusalem, too, there's a history, and you don't get it in Mark for whatever reason, but Matthew and Luke tell us, uh, Jesus even says flat out, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets. And so there's this long history of... Yeah different self-proclaimed messiahs and prophets and whatnot coming to Jerusalem and them being put to death. So even if the disciples can't hear what Jesus is saying, there is this history about we're on our way to Jerusalem and we kind of know what happens to our sort there. (laughs) So we are a little bit afraid. 
Um, the other thing about the, I you you really lifted up the what do you want from me in the scene versus not scene, and I was thinking of I I shared this video with the confirmation kids some time ago, but about um, it it was used as an advertisement to help people. Um, it was in England, I think help people remember to watch the gap when they're getting on the train to be mindful and look for things. And so the, the video was about you were supposed to watch this basketball team passing the basketball and count how many times they passed it. And then at the end, the video would ask, you know, okay, did you get the right answer? Now, did you see the dancing bear that was in the middle of the group, which generally almost everyone does not see it at all because they're not looking for it and so then you rewind and watch it again and there it is and so there's in this passage that the disciples are looking at the wrong thing or they aren't paying attention to this thing that is blatantly there and present uh, mm -hmm. him saying i'm going to die for the third time <laughs> uh, but their eyes are so glued to their idea of what glory is that they simply cannot conceive of what's going to happen until it is actually happening uh, later on here in Mark's Gospel. And even then, they are confused about how did this happen, you know, and how do we get away from this as quick as we can? Right, which I think ties in really well to Jesus healing the blind man and the fact that they just couldn't see it. And and then it's like, okay, I'm going to heal this blind guy. Maybe your eyes will be opened at some point also, which, of course, they are. Yeah, there's uh, something there, too, about it will take for the disciples to be placed into a situation where it's almost as if they would be saying to themselves, I cannot believe what I'm watching happening here. How did this happen mm -hmm. to Jesus? It takes them being put in a place where everything that they've seen up to this point doesn't add up with what's now happening, and they have to go back. You know, to jump ahead to the end of Mark's Gospel, you would brought this up last week or a few weeks ago about the angel has to remind them not about what they saw with Jesus, but what about what Jesus had said, had said that, yeah. which is, remind me. <clears throat> well, what I was talking about there was uh, when Jesus is talking to the disciples at the Mount of Olives, and he says, but after I'm raised up, I will go before you into Galilee. And then the angel at the tomb says to the disciples, remember, he said he would meet you in Galilee. Yeah. And, oh, oh, yeah, okay. So at that point, they can't trust their eyes. Yeah. They have to go solely go with, on... Go with what they're here. What they heard. And in some sense, that's uh, the, the place that we find ourselves in today, too. Based on what we see in our lives and, and going on in the world around us, it would be hard to believe solely on what we see. Yeah. But we hold fast to what we hear. The first question we've got for you today is if you've ever seen something advertised, uh, whether it was something to buy or an event to go to, and then when you either purchased it and got it home or you went to the event, it wasn't what was advertised, or even if it wasn't the advertising's fault, maybe it was you had seen it and thought, yeah, this would be great, and then found out it was much different than what you were expecting once you actually received it or went to the event. Jesus asked the question twice over in this passage, what is it you want me to do for you? Um, both to the disciples and then to the blind man at the end of the reading for today. 
if Christ were to come and ask you that question, what is it you want me to do for you? How would you answer? And as you think about your answer, what does that tell you about uh, your relationship with Jesus? It just hit me as you were asking that question that the blind man is a beggar. He doesn't ask for riches. He asks for his sight back. The disciples are asking for glory and riches and whatever it may be. He just wants to be back to what it would be to be normal. To be a, a creature, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. That's and and yeah. Nothing nothing more. Don't make me wealthy. Don't make me rich. Just receiving my eyesight will make me rich. Make me what I was meant to be in the first place. Yeah. Interesting. The other thing that came up when you said that too is supposedly Luther's last recorded words, we are all beggars, or sometimes it's recorded as we are all beggars just telling one another where to find crumbs. <laughs>